the CPHI podcast series. I'm Tara Dougal, Content Director at Informer Markets, and in this edition, we are going to be diving into the world of smart devices. This episode is titled, Connecting the User to Your Product, Smart Packaging for Smart Devices. Today's guest is Alex Driver, Senior Consultant in the Design Team at Team Consulting. Alex is an industrial designer with a background in engineering and has worked both in consultancy in London and as a researcher at Cambridge University, exploring how designers could support early stage scientific research. In his current role at Team Consulting, Alex has worked on a variety of projects across drug delivery, diagnostics and surgical devices. So Alex, welcome to the podcast and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So let's start with the basics. How do you define a smart device? Okay, so a smart device is basically one which includes sensors, some computing power, data storage, and can, to some extent, run autonomously. So a good example would be your home thermostat. If you have a smart thermostat, it can sense if the temperature in your room gets below a certain threshold, and then it can communicate with a control unit which is attached to your boiler and turn the heating on. Smart device can often be connected to other devices or to a network via some kind of wireless technology like Bluetooth or NFC or 5G. Also, they've frequently got companion app to help control them as well, as is the case with most smart thermostats, for example. And then in medical device, we've obviously got smart insulin pens, smart glucose monitors, smart inhalers even. So we're seeing more and more enter the market. And how are these changing the patient experience? Well, they're having a big impact because they're allowing patients to manage their conditions like they've never been able to before. So by offering functionality like tracking your symptoms and your dose history, allowing you to set reminders, giving you notifications, And then via the companion app, just providing you access to key information and support to help you manage your condition better. And then obviously there's the data sharing aspect as well, where the data from your device can be shared with doctors and HCPs to help them monitor your condition and help you make decisions about your therapy. So, I mean, from what you've said, it's quite obvious that there are a lot of benefits of connected or smart devices and their companion apps. But in practice, are there any barriers to adoption or any challenges with regards to user experience? The biggest change compared to a non-connected device is obviously now asking the user to download an app and to pair their device with it. And then there'll be some kind of account creation or sign up so you get access to the full connected experience. So that's all stuff which is new and we haven't asked of the user before. Another thing is that, you know, it's often not a linear journey. So it may be that I scan a QR code on my device package. I then do a bit of work in the app and then I have to come back over to the device to pair with it. So you're jumping between the physical and digital worlds, if you like, and it can get quite confusing, I think, if not handled well. And then, of course, when it comes to the apps. We've got lots of apps fighting for our attention on our smart devices, you know, notifications popping up all the time. So that can be a challenge. Also, sometimes I think just compatibility with operating systems can be challenging. And some users may, of course, just be digitally averse to getting involved with these new systems. 
So obviously, with all these new things you're asking of the user, it's more important than ever to understand what's going to motivate a user to interact with this new system in some way, especially if the device can function in a non-connected state, because then that's obviously the path of least resistance, if you like. Okay, so just picking up on something you said there, Alex, about some groups being more digitally averse, how will this affect those different user groups? So for elderly people, for example, who might be less inclined to use a connected device or a smart app? Well, I think one of the biggest challenges for the group you mentioned is that they may be less likely to carry a phone around with them all the time, as the rest of us are more used to doing. There are, however, ways that we could try and steer people towards having the phone with them more often by providing additional support through the app, access to information, and perhaps making use of things like QR codes on the packaging to make it easier to access those digital parts of the experience, if you like. Are you struggling to cut through the noise? The pharmaceutical industry can be a crowded market. Partner with CPHI Online, the largest pharma marketplace and community worldwide. Get direct access to 280,000 pharma buyers and gather qualified leads all year round to help build your pipeline and grow your revenue. With CPHI Online, you'll be able to stand out from the competition and reach a large global pharma audience. To learn more about promoting your company using only one platform, go to cphionline.com. Just thinking more broadly, how can packaging be used to deliver a better user experience and higher rates of adoption for connected solutions? Packaging, I think, is really important. You know, it's a golden opportunity to introduce users to their devices as it's often the first physical touch point that users interact with when they get their hands on their new therapy. So you'll be familiar with the phrase unboxing experience, which has become a bit of a YouTube phenomenon in recent years. People love to video themselves opening their nice new packaging of, of an Apple product, for example. And it's clear it has a big impact on overall perception of the device. So the packaging can play a big role in getting people to use their device correctly first time and continue to use it correctly. In terms of what you can specifically do with the packaging, I've already mentioned, I think that you can obviously print QR codes on the box or even embed NFC tags, which will help give users access to that digital content by taking them directly to an app store, helping to automatically download an app. And Apple have developed something recently called App Clips, and there's also a technology called Fast Pairing, both of which offer access to kind of pared down version of the app um, without the need to go through the App Store. So it's about sort of removing friction in the system so that you could perhaps get a, a feel for the digital experience without having to go through the sign up process. And then the other thing you can do with the packaging is display key information and prompts to help with first-time use. There's a technique that's quite well known in user experience design called progressive disclosure, which is basically where you gradually reveal information to the user to avoid overwhelming them. And we found through experience this translates quite well into physical packaging design as well. So, for example, we've worked on a um, an injector pen design recently, which was embedded in a kind of flip book training pack 
And the different pages of this flipbook were gradually revealing different parts of the device. Each page carried information on that particular feature. So in that way, you're able to kind of walk the user stage by stage through the product in front of them before they've even picked it up. And the packaging also is a good opportunity to try and incorporate another trick, which is behavioral nudges. So quite often you'll find there'll be one key difference between this connected solution and the former unconnected solution that the user may have used. And carrying that key use step or that key feature front and center on the packaging graphics and information design can be really important. So for example, if you're required to hold the device in a new orientation, you can show a big hand holding the device front and center on your packaging. And it's about these little things to help nudge the user towards the correct behaviors to use their device properly. Okay, so some really interesting approaches there to helping the user have a good experience. And you mentioned the injector pen there. Are there any other products on the market at the moment that really stand out to you or that you find exciting? The one that springs to mind is I've recently learned about the Restyle Libre have released their third generation of their wearable glucose monitor. And it's a really tiny little sensor about the size of a pound coin that sticks to your skin and you wear it for about two weeks and it's continuously taking readings of your blood glucose levels and delivering them to your smartphone every minute. And just the whole system seems really well considered. So what you're doing away with there is the need to constantly do finger pricks on your fingertips daily or even more frequently, which can get really uncomfortable after a while. So you've got this really discreet little sensor puck that you would never notice underneath your clothing. And that comes to you packaged with an applicator. And sometimes you'll also get a separate device to help you manage it. But equally, you can download a companion app on your phone. And again, that companion app has got a really simple setup and walkthrough of how you start to use the device. So that's the first one that springs to mind. In terms of packaging, I can think of another example I've seen recently, which is called Thriver, which is a blood testing kit for the home. And I just thought this was a really nice example of that progressive disclosure principle I spoke to you about. So it's literally some lancets, a little sample vial, some plasters, some swabs, and then a little package to send that vial back to a lab in. The information design, the graphic design is very, very well considered. It's a really beautiful, elegant design to walk you through the use steps one by one so you're not overwhelmed with all the information. And then I can think of lots of examples outside of medical, which I've interacted with recently, which I've quite enjoyed. So I I use Ness as my example at the beginning, or rather I used a um, thermostat as my example at the beginning because I've recently bought a Nest. And the example of that unboxing experience, I think, is really nice. So you have a couple of elements to the system. You have the controller, which you attach to your boiler, and then you've got the display, which you sit in a prominent location in your home. And there, there's obviously a digital element to it. There's apps, there's access to videos to walk you through the setup process. And again, the whole thing is very well considered. The information is fed to you in very digestible, bite-sized pieces through the most appropriate medium. So some of it's done through printed instructions, some of it's done through instructions on the device, actually on the display. It's very, very clever. Yeah, thanks for sharing those examples. I mean, both sound like they have the potential to make a real 
significant impact in patients' lives in terms of giving them more power to administer care in their own home or not have to rely on healthcare professionals or go to hospitals. And it seems that that is something we're seeing a lot more of now. So pharma manufacturers are really geared towards supporting this shift from hospital treatment to treatment in the home. Mm. Is that a broader trend that you're seeing as well in the market? Absolutely. I think we're getting more inquiries now about connected devices than ever before. And so, you know, it's no coincidence that here at Team, we've recently got a digital design group that's been set up as well, because we're seeing a greater demand for connected devices and smart solutions to everyday problems that people are facing. Great. And you've shared a lot of great examples and different approaches today. So my final question is, if a manufacturer is listening to this and they're really looking to get started with improving their user experience, so where should they start? I think first and foremost, you need to understand context of use, understanding what we call pain points. So moments of friction in a user journey, which may be confusing or uncomfortable for the user in some way. And then we're also looking to understand the needs and motivations of users, really with the goal of understanding the design challenges that need solving. We use a process at team called user journey mapping, which is designed to do just that. So as the name suggests, we literally map every step in the user journey from when the user first receives their packaging to when they dispose of the product at the end of life. And we go through that trying to identify these pain points, as I called them, with a view to identifying what we call design challenges, which are basically behavior changes that we're trying to create. And then another tool we use is the FOG behavioral model, which basically says that for a behavior change to take place, you've got to have three things happen simultaneously. So the user needs a motivation for performing this action. They need the ability to perform an action and they need a prompt, right? So translating that into a packaging example, you might have a picture on your packaging of the benefits of using the app. That's your motivation. Then you print a QR code on the box, which will allow them to fast pair with their device. That's the action. And then finally, you might have a label on the device or some kind of packaging that could be lifted to access the device that, that reveals this QR code. And that's your prompt. And, you know, through experimentation, we found that's the best way of trying to embody these behavior changes that we're looking for. I think the next piece of advice I'd give would be to consider the whole system and if possible, try and develop everything in parallel. So by system, I'm talking about the device itself, the packaging, the printed instructions. You might also have a quick reference guide or some kind of trainer pack. You've then got the companion app. So each of these will influence each other. And if it's possible, developing them in parallel is the best idea. And then when you're trying to solve a particular design challenge, I'd say choose the right tool for the job. So whether it be a combination of packaging and uh, some trainer videos or some challenge that could be solved simply with the industrial design of the device, there are ways to optimize the design that way. And then the final thing I'd say is look for opportunities to delight because we're not just looking to create products which are good enough. We want to create 
beautiful, elegant design solutions to solve these complicated problems. Great. I think that's a fantastic note to end on there that looking for opportunities to delight so thank you alex for sharing all your insights with us and for joining today that's all for this episode so thank you for listening for more news features and expert content on all things impacting the pharmaceutical supply chain from manufacturing through to drug development packaging and drug delivery please head to cphionline.com and join us next month thank you very much thank you alex Thank you. Thank you for listening to the CPHI podcast series. For pharmaceutical news, webinars, events and more, visit cphionline.com.